Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast for Tuesday, April 10th, 2018. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Lance. I mean, Jared. <laughs> this is Ian. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can go to facebook.com slash profanearg, post your thoughts or a link you'd like to have us look at, and we will take a look. This week on the podcast, we will be talking about Trump and Cohen, of course. And uh, I also want to hit on the cabinet's Bible study again real quick. But first, this article was put out by the LGBTQNation.com. This is apparently a Republican or conservative talking point. They are pointing out, and the, the title of the article, Is There a Link Between Gender Dysphoria and Autism? Hmm. I'll cut to the chase. Uh, the answer is no. Yeah. However... <laughs> There have been studies about it, and this is a conservative, like I said, a conservative talking point that this is a mental disorder like autism and that it is linked to autism. And the basis of that is that there are some autistic kids who have uh, gender dysphoria. There are some autistic kids who have gender identity disorder, which is a completely different thing. And I didn't understand that until I read this article. Hmm. And there is another term that I do not remember, gender nonconforming, GNC. So there's like three different gender issues in the transgender world, and I didn't even know that, you know, the, how, to, how they were categorized. So if you're interested in learning a little bit, because I did, you can take a look at this article. I thought it was a, a kind of an interesting read, but basically the studies come down and say there, there's no evidence that it's linked to autism. There are kids that have gender identity disorder that are autistic, just like there are kids that have it that aren't autistic. Mm. Statistical, statistically, not an issue. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So in any case, it's a good article. I think it was as well put together, and I thought I would mention it. It's got a lot of information about the different, whether it be considered a, a syndrome or however you want to ad, ad, you know, address these different gender roles, um, gender dysphoria or identity disorder. So like I said, interesting article. Moving onward, I wanted to uh, mention, well, this is a second thing, a, another conservative talking point. This came up in a couple different places, uh, mostly on the internet, I guess, YouTubers. They're noting that atheists seem to be veering toward the alt-right. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> I've heard this before Exactly the else. response I expect. And it make, that makes no sense. No. Again, this is a, a type of thing where there's the people on the right are saying, yep, atheists, a lot of atheists are alt-right members. They're promoting this sort of thing. And no, that's not true. As it turns out, Richard Spencer declared himself an atheist, I don't know, several months ago. And apparently Vice did a story about this. So an article published by Chris Stedman, who works for Vice, is asking this question. And again, the answer is no. No. You can find a few mm -hmm. people who are alt-right, who are white nationalists, who will say that they are atheists, and, and they probably are atheists. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that the atheist movement in any way leads you down this path. Well, it's, it's the evilization of people, making them the other and making them, you know, wrong in yet another way. That's all it is. And it's all, as our president is fond of saying, fake news. I'm so confused by this. Yeah. <laughs> Just confused because it's like, I know they don't like atheists, so why would they say that? So they're saying that becoming being atheist will lead you down the ride to the alt-right? That was one of the questions that he posed, yeah. 
and uh, saying that atheists tend to be moving in that direction, and it's completely false. Right, but th- and this is from a co- this is a conservative talking point. It has become a conservative talking point on a couple of the things that I follow online. So, but so they're implying that the alt right is bad, right? Yeah, that that is that's the about. odd part about it that yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> well, I think they've done the math, and the alt right, I mean, the far you know Ku Klux Klan alt right are very few and far between. There's not that many of them. They're really loud, but there's, you know, volumetrically, it's not that many. So it, it's I don't safe. know. I don't know about that, but. It, it, I will give you, there are plenty of casual bigots in the world. Yeah. But this is not casual bigotry. This is, you know, aggressive bigotry. And there's not that many of them. And I would well, also point out that, like, the Ku Klux Klan are specifically a Christian organization. Specifically, they, yeah. They, yeah. They demand their followers be Christian. Like, that's that not a that's not an option. <laughs> no. I listened to a – this is why I'm, I'm kind of thinking, like, it's more than we think. I listened to this podcast this week. This woman has been covering CPAC for the past, I don't know, 15 years or so. She's a liberal, but she's – very interested in conservatives in the way that they think. Sure. And um, she says usually when she would go to CPAC over the years, it was generally like, you know, there weren't like crazy people there. It was mainly like libertarians and shit like that. And they, you know, very an idea driven thing. It was the wrong idea in her opinion, but it was an idea driven thing. But this year she went. And it was full of alt-right racists and bigots <laughs> and not hidden like outright. She does a lot of interviews on the on the uh, on the podcast with people that she met there. And the first girl she meets is a seventeen year old girl dressed up like my dream my dream wife. You know, like platform boots, a skirt, funny jacket. And she's like, "Well, oh, I got to go talk to this girl because she doesn't look like she should be here." Hmm. You know, she described her as wearing riot girl clothes. That's what what's the kids bits be saying these days instead of goth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that true? I don't know. What is Riot Girl clothes? Does anybody know? Uh, okay. I have no so idea. We're all too old for that. Okay, I, uh, I wasn't sure if you were all laughing because I didn't know what it was, or you're just like, haha, we're no. all old. <laughs> the complete, uh, yes. <laughs> we're all okay. yeah, old. <laughs> so she goes and she starts talking to this girl. And she's like, well, I'm wondering about your dress and why you're here. And she's like, well, you know, I don't really like to talk about my views and stuff like that. And she's like, no, it's okay. You know, you're a powerful woman. You can talk. She's like, well, I met a friend online, and we got to talking, and we decided that we were going to meet up at CPAC. And she's like, my friend is – um." she goes, you remember when Charlottesville happened? And the woman's like, yeah. She goes, he was the guy that they used as the poster boy. Mm. You know oh. you, you know what I'm talking – the one guy with the white Shout, shirt. Shouting yeah. guy with the tiki torch? Yeah. She goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, she's like, he started talking to me on Twitter, and like, he's really a nice guy, and he's portrayed really badly in the media, oh, and on. blah, blah, blah. And the girl's like, Okay. Um, and then the girl goes, well, first off, I think most women shouldn't be in the workforce, oh, right? <laughs> Was how she started. Then she went on yes. to, I believe there should be a white supermajority in the United States, <laughs> but I'm not a racist. Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that, that actually leads me to something that I encountered on Facebook. This is, uh, I got into an argument on Facebook with a you, guy that I work with. Really? Who, uh, he, yeah, strange. <laughs> but he made a, a post on his Facebook page, and I, I, I kind of want to get your feedback. What do you think of when I, when I read you what he posted on Facebook? So what he posted was, the cultural war 
being waged by progressives against America and the West at large is nothing short of a total war for our souls. Make no mistake about it, progressives hate America. They hate Americans. They hate you. Especially if you are a white man, and if you're a Christian straight, they really hate you. They literally think that the world would be better off if this category of folks were completely dead and gone. They hate everything that already exists. Their entire life's ambition is to see this country disappear in a sea of moral, cultural, historical abyss. They are well on their way of accomplishing their goals. They only see America as a long catalog of crimes against humanity. They see nothing good. But there are signs that the sleeping dragon is waking up. I can't wait for the day when the tide turns and we can be proud again. Holy moly. First of all, I'm willing to bet $1,000 that that was copy and pasted from somewhere. Oh, yeah. I tried to find it. I actually thought the same thing, and I tried to do searches on the pieces of the text, and I couldn't find it. And it could easily be, but... Because I'm seeing a lot, maybe not that exact thing, but two people I know on Facebook who are not friends with each other, in no way, shape, or form, posted the same little diatribe kind of like that as passing it off as their own. I mean, mm. word for word, it was exactly the same. Huh. So. Interesting. So, but what does it bring to mind? Because I have something that it distinctly brought to mind. Does well, anybody... Well, did it- the first thing that um, I noticed was the, the code words in it. I mean, first of all, they talked about the West, and that is code for white people. Right. Um, they talked about, what was it, the um, dragon something? The, the sleeping dragon is waking up. The sleeping dragon. That not that a reference to the KKK? I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, the Grand Dragons are the leaders of the KKK. Sure. Okay. Wow. Mm, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. That's a bit of a stretch, maybe, but yeah, well, I don't think so. That that was pretty straightforward through the whole thing. Mm. I see. I don't I, know. Like uh, the guy's wrong. Don't get me wrong about that. <laughs> and the cultural war and all that shit. Mm. I've been seeing shit like that all the time. But I really think the sleeping mat- dragon is the metaphor for the you know don't poke the bit ba- you know whatever mm. that kind of shit because because white people white ma- straight males feel like they're under attack. Because they're, they're no longer going to be in the majority, and they feel right. the loss of power. And it scares the shit out of them. Under attack? They feel like white male, straight males are under attack. And I'm a white straight male. I feel fine. <laughs> well. Because <laughs> I'm also grouped in with those dirty progressives. Mm. Like, the very word progressive sounds like a positive thing. I don't understand using that in a <laughs> negative tone. Would you rather be a regressive? I don't get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, and like, I see that all the time. Liberals hate America. No, liberals don't hate anybody. Liberal liberals want to fight for your right to believe whatever you want to believe. Nope. Because well, that's here's the thing: the America that you believe in, mm. or that you think America is, and the America that they think it is, are two different things. Mm. It's got to be because I don't see what what liberals do. I don't see how you could look at that as hating America. But if you think America is supposed to be a super white majority, yeah, <laughs> or guns in teachers' hands and, and child's hands at all times or whatever, and and a, and a Christian nation, then yeah, you must hate America. I mean, but I think what he <laughs> posted, though, wanders dangerously close to hate speech, really. Well, see, I told you I have, of- I have a friend who says that they should start camps to re-educate liberals, right? <laughs> and this isn't like a meme, like he's actually saying it. So that's where I was going from, is that this is, I actually responded by saying it sounds like you're fostering a lot of hate. Mm. Like, that's where I started at. Like, I kind of was going down the path of, hey, man, what's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, no, he then followed it up with uh, a, a day's worth of arguing back and forth while we were at work today. And then his very next post is a, a meme that shows a guy that strangely has a long beard and long hair and tattoos. Hmm. And it says, liberal privilege, believing you have the right to control other people's lives, believing you have the right to never hear other opinions, believing that when you're offended, others have to care, and believing that there are two sets of rules, one for you and one for everyone else. Wow. I understand where he's coming from. Hmm? Explain. Hey, well, look, there are, there are liberals and progressives, and then there's social justice warriors, and they are lumping in any any liberal with social justice warriors sure. and social social justice is good to a point but for instance i'm listening to another podcast about a review of ready player one the mo- movie from steven spielberg that just came out mm-hmm. yeah the first thing out of their mouth was this movie sucks it's a straight white male protagonist right off the rip they say that why do we need to see that why are the women and the minorities down to secondary characters now granted it didn't bother me that I t- took my phone and threw it against the wall <laughs> and, you know, and shaved my head like Richard Spencer. But I could kind of see if you're in that mindset, why something like that might think that you're under attack. Are you following me? Mm. Like you mean I the, hear- the statement like, being made that why do we have to have another leading role that's a white male? That right. statement, you read it and you get you feel like, you know, being a white male, you're under attack. Well, I don't. <laughs> right, but I don't. No, like, but I hear what you're saying. The movie is before we watch the movie. I've already decided it's garbage mm-hmm. because you we we have reached uh some according to the reviewer we have reached a point where we are saturated with white male heroes and we can no longer accept those as lead roles anymore. Well, that's just right. Dumb. And and the argument is yeah. the arg- no the argument's valid in the sense that yes, there's a lot of white male heroes in movies. That doesn't mean. We have to eliminate them altogether, in right. my opinion. Like, it's supposed to be all-inclusive. We have Black Panther. We have Wonder Woman. We can have a white male protagonist, too. We just, like, it's like they want to just all eliminate it away. I don't know. Like a 10-year ban on white guys in movies? <laughs> Is that what we need? Is that what's... No. So with that kind of rhetoric, and then there's, like, the other shit, like, this is a weird story. That I heard. I don't know. I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> a guy in Scotland got arrested and thrown in jail. And I have to double check this because I don't know if it's exactly true. But they told the story and I assume that they double checked it. That his girlfriend had a pug dog that mm. she thought was the cutest thing in the world. That's- and she would never shut up about how cute it was. So he decided to make the dog do something that was absolutely uncute. So he taught the dog, every time he said Zig Heil, the dog put his paw up. <laughs> oh, man. Right? And she got mad, told the police, and he went to jail. What? Under what charge? Diddy! Do you know? Well, all right. Now I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> Diddy! Scotland dog. Chicago. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish man arrested for teaching dog a Nazi salute. Well, yep, I, so England is Washington a, Post has it. England is a little touchier about the, the, you know, the Nazis than America is, but that Just still obviously. seems a bit excessive. <laughs> Everybody should be a little bit more touchy about the Nazis than America is. Well, true. 
<sighs> so these people feel like those little things are under attack, and but I don't know if that's what the, I don't know that that's what they're saying though. That might be the handy excuses and the things they pick off of the tree that, that match their rhetoric. But what they're really concerned about, and what has always been the the, the mantra, is that they're no longer in the major, in the majority. Well, that's the thing. That's the fear that's driving them. Because if you now that now that they feel that white males are just d- diminished, can't have them in movies. You know, white privilege. They hear that all the time. You know, there there was I saw an argument on CNN with kids about the Parkland shooting and the one the one black girl's like, yeah, the majority of mass shooters in this in this country are white males. And the white kid who was for shooting stuff, I guess, was like, that's racist. You know, and she's like, it's not racist. I'm it's a saying fact. a point. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a fact. So it's all that. I believe. I mean, I, I don't know. It's two ways of looking at it. You're saying like, now nah, they're racist and they're just cherry picking this, this stuff to yeah. say like, now I can be out. And I'm saying that unusually large amygdala in their brains <laughs> that we learned <laughs> right. the fear factor right. that somehow the white people are going to be wiped out, which again, by, by who? first of all, is that really going to happen in their lifetime? And what oh. do they care? Is that really going to happen? First of all, and that was the point of of the the the, the original post that that Ray was. I don't know how <laughs> the the occasional push for equal rights is complete destruction of America, total annihilation of all things good. Yeah. Right now, I can could the person that was reviewing that movie have said, "Well, it's it's a really good movie, and I liked it for these reasons." It would have been nice to have some more minorities in the film and just moved along. That would be a better way of handling it and perhaps not triggering these idiots. But they're going; all they're doing is you know ranging across the internet and finding the things that fit their narrative. They will mm. there will always be things out there that fit their narrative. This just happens to be the one they picked today. So my mind goes to American History X. The mm. uh, the idea that you're cherry picking your stories and what you want to fight that you can get other white people, white guys behind you as well. You're cherry picking your stories so that you can get other people fired up and then you subtly hit them with all the other stuff and then you can start blaming the blacks and blaming the Mexicans and right. you know what I mean? Right. It, it's a cherry picking these stories to make it seem like, well, I'm not the bad guy. From victim of circumstance. That's exactly what Fox News does, just in a different realm. It, <laughs> True. They pick the stories they want to cover. They spin them in a way that is uh, that keeps people thinking on you know, on a parallel course to them. Oh, absolutely. Did you see the thing with the – I think it was Vanity Fair cover and the guys from Silicon Valley? Uh, I saw something about that. Did you that. hear this story? Yeah. I, I can't remember which magazine was it was, but it was because the new season of Silicon Valley came out. And yeah. on it, they had the four guys, and it said, the rise of the beta male, as in beta testing type thing. Right. Fox News took it as alpha males are a problem, and they brought on a, a tobacco-chewing cowboy guy to teach boys how to be real men. Oh, my God. I think it was on Fox and Friends. I shit you not. I saw a clip. <laughs> Wow. Speaking of Silicon Valley, did you see TJ, what's his name? Yeah, calling in fake bomb threats <laughs> what is and getting up with arrested. <laughs> what is up with that guy? Is He's an asshole. I mean, he's just an asshole. You, you watch his comedy and it's like, oh, I would never want to be in the same room with that man. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would maybe have a drink, but, yeah. you know, I got to have a place where I can get away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway. that that being said, I find his his humor uh, a lot of times. I it's funny. He's a he can be funny, but he's yeah he's over the top. And I I read the story and went yeah I I buy that. Yep. He, so apparently, <laughs> what he was on a subway uh, was either having an argument with a woman or didn't uh, knew a woman. I don't know. But then got off the subway and called in a bomb. Like said, he said, there's there's a person on the subway. She has a bomb. Right. Yeah. 
Then yeah, it turns out. out you can't you can't do that <laughs> just because you don't like someone. That yeah. hey, that's infringing on his First Amendment rights. <laughs> <laughs> nope, he's amazing. Yeah. So I wanted to move on. We got a couple comments from listeners that I wanted to go over. They were both about the discussion of the military. And mm. I thought they were both fairly relevant. Um, so we had talked about the military and the uh, the idea that a lot of people in the military are right-leaning. The fact that, uh, that it seems to be, well, it, you know, does the military cause this? And there was a, a couple, like I said, a couple of things from our listeners. Uh, the first from uh, Dustin on Facebook. I just want to chime in about Jared's comment about what they're doing in the military. I am a veteran who doesn't like Trump. I don't like what this administration has done. I like to smoke weed because it calms me down to sleep. I do appreciate the discounts, but honestly, I do ask for them. I love what I did in the military. Like Karen said, I just want to blend back into society. Ray is 100% correct. Woohoo! Uh, sorry. <laughs> Ray is 100% correct that they try to reinforce or attempt to instill the hyper-nationalism aspect. Uh, he also says that I love Colin Kaepernick protests. I think more people should protest and speak their mind. So I didn't include yeah. everything he said, but I thought mm. those pieces were relevant. And I also, I don't know if we even talked about the Kaepernick thing, but the protest, the idea that you can, that you protest, that you have the right to protest, mm. that's part of the reason I wanted to join the military. The military sure. should be there to protect the rights of the citizens. Whether you've been and served in the military or not, you have the right of speech. You have the right to protest. And I, I don't see how you can be in the military and say that those people shouldn't be doing that. Right. Well, that's the thing. When you twist the narrative and say, well, when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, that's disrespectful to the troops. But even it though it has nothing to do. But, right. It has <laughs> nothing to do with the troops. Right. But when, that's how they twist it. You know, and then I talk, I, you know, I talked to that guy in my group therapy about it and he, who's a Marine. And he's got PTSD, and I said, "What do you think about that?" And he goes, it's "Very disrespectful to to, to me." And the, I was, I was like, oh, "I don't know what." Yeah, huh. I'm like, "Does the flag represent you? <laughs> Does it not represent me too?" Yeah. Well, and then the whole point of the Constitution is is protecting the citizens' rights. I mean, how many of them are to do with protecting our rights? The very First Amendment is about protecting the right to free speech. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Wow. Nope. Disrespectful to the troops, the president, cops, doctors, babies, no, puppies. He, he, he had a conversation yeah. with somebody from the military that said, uh, it is slightly disrespectful for you to just remain seated. How would you feel about kneeling? And Kaepernick went, sounds like a reasonable a reasonable compromise. Yes, yeah. that's what we'll do. I'm, I'm, I'm pro-kneeling. Yeah. But then, yeah. Now, that whole thing, I'm very in favor of it protesting, but this is just – it was just another, another big smokescreen, the way that yeah. they were using uh, – Flag burning as a smoke screen back in what was that the late eighties early nineties mm. that was that was the same debate that they were having <laughs> except instead of him kneeling it was burning the flag and they were like no these are rights that are protected by the military it is in no way disrespectful it is uh, yeah I never I like never understood the burning it's the like flag a goddamn loop <laughs> I never understood the burning the flag thing either why people got cr I mean I've seen videos recently of like like a, they find some brown person standing on the American flag on the ground and they find some old Marine to come and punch him in the face or something <laughs> like that, you know, and then they spread it like wildfire. Like, I don't I'm like, it is the whole point of this country that you can throw the flag on the ground and step on it and piss on it if you want to. Right. I mean, yeah, you might get some things thrown at you or whatever, sure. but. That's you know, free speech. <laughs> do we all need to watch the episode of Futurama when Dr. Zoidberg eats the flag? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the answer to that is yes. <laughs> That's yes in any co- any conversation. Right. Before we move on, I had another thing, and like I said, there like two things from listeners. Uh, this was from Kurt. We had a discussion about this exact same conversation, uh, and the the thing that he wanted to say was there are a lot of people, uh, there are a lot of families who have generational people involved in the military. The grandfather was in the military. The father was in the military. You know, it's it's a it's a family thing, and a lot of uh, so a lot of this is coming down from like even back so far as World War II. There was a lot of nationalism. That then, but it was good nationalism. It was, you know, anti-Nazi, anti, anti, you know, the World War, everything that was sure. being done there in Europe. So the the idea is that you have your family that's involved in the military, and the the Republicans always seem to want to build up the military, and the Democrats seem to want to pull back on the budget of the military. So a lot of these families tend to be Republican because they see that as a family. You know, like I said, a generational uh, tradition. Hmm. So a lot of them tend to lean Republican because of that. And he said he himself, he grew up a Republican. He was Republican for years because he didn't. I mean, and it was because of that. And once he started really looking at the different policies and stuff, he changed his mind. But I, I, I thought that was a, a good point to be made that there's this you know generational thing happening in families, and that's where that's where a lot of the Republican in the military comes from. But do they willfully ignore facts? Well, the problem the problem is is that the, the, hypernationalism is super useful for the military. If you want to make somebody not question orders and shoot people at, on command, hypernationalism is a really convenient way of doing it. So, but the problem is is that these people have to come back into normal society where hypernationalism is an issue. <laughs> so, I understand sure. why the military does it. It's very useful, but you need to deprogram people a little bit when you send them back into society. Yeah. I don't well, think they don't, the Apparently, they don't care about you after you're out of the military. That's true. They really don't. Yeah. So what did you mean about ignoring facts? Well, the fact that like our military is already so large and that it's like seven times larger than the, mm. the bottom people combined mm. than us, right? And I don't think any Democrat ever, not even Bernie Sanders, has ever uttered the words, we need to scale back the military. No. I don't think I they think have. they say, "Hey, can we use like 30 billion of the 700 billion <laughs> you're doing and like maybe give people free colleges?" Like so to to willfully ignore that fact, like is the goal to just keep pumping more and more money every year because you're afraid we're going to get attacked? Well, I don't think well, I think there's a large part of it though that it's not about the fear of being attacked, it's about feeding the the military industrial complex. Yeah. Well, I no, I understand why why they vote on that yeah. and do it, but I'm talking about the people who are like, no, we need more. Yeah, seven hundred billion. That's fucking great. Let's make it <laughs> eight times as large as everybody, you know, or whatever. Well, what is it they they lost? They can't account for twelve billion dollars in Iraq. Twelve billion dollars. I mean, there's obviously some lax cost accounting going on in the military right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it must be that too. And Fox News must never put up that graphic saying, mm. hey, you know, our military is such and such times larger than everybody combined. They probably never do that. Because if that was the case, because this is the party of fiscal conservatism, right? Mm. Yeah, then they I, go, oh, shit. All right. Well, we're, we're probably good for a good 10 years or so, right? <laughs> I think every time they bring up the statement that our military is the best military of the world, they need to put in the qualifier and we need to keep it that way by giving well, them more Well, and it's depleted. Mm. It's depleted. It's depleting. Well, right. falling apart. <laughs> if we're spending that amount of money, though, why is it that in um, over Syria right now they are able to jam our drones? Depleting. 
<laughs> but if you have that much money, how can you be behind? There's something wrong. First of all, they keep making tanks, which is retarded, because they don't need more tanks. They can just put them in a field and let them rot. Can we do things the right way and spend money the proper way and get give them the, the, the Pentagon the ability to do things that they need to do instead of just f- funneling the money into the defense contractors so that they can funnel the money right. into the into the senators? Uh, Karen, right. are you not thinking about poor Boeing and Boeing. however many helicopters they made? Well, I have a, I I have a relative. Somebody. Focus, on, focus on Halliburton, please. <laughs> I have a relative that works for Boeing in the helicopter division, and he, he does okay, and he does a good job, but... He's not the CEO, though, no, for God's sakes. No. Think of the poor fucking CEO. <laughs> oh, the poor thing. He got a whole fleet of helicopters. <laughs> Who's going to sell them to? <laughs> but yes, you are completely correct, because and it's $700 billion. I mean, that's, that's a scope that, mm. you know, can't be... Easily managed, and that's how things like missing twelve billion dollars, you know, happens, and it's acceptable somehow. Mm-hmm. It, again, to 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 Jared's like points before to reference a movie. Do you remember? Did you did any of you see Blow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they have those crates of money that they have stacked up in their house, <laughs> and they're like, "No, that can't be five hundred million dollars. We can fit this much in a crate." And he's like, "Oh, five hundred million, six hundred million. Who cares?" <laughs> Yeah, so you're you're dealing with numbers that people can't easily comprehend, so that way they can, you know, get away with even more, you know, of this this corruption. But yes, for seven hundred billion dollars, we we should have Star Wars super. Yes, it should be future <laughs> yeah. tech. space force. Here's the scary part: we lost that twelve billion with somewhat competent people in charge. Yeah. Can you imagine what's going to happen with who he's got in charge? Wow, where this money is going to go? Blackwater is going to make a fucking mint. Yeah. Well, that guy's isn't Eric Prince already trying to get up the Pentagon to use private military or something like that? Wasn't he trying to get yeah uh, VA instead of people using the VA privatizing medi- me- medical? Isn't that him? Might not be. Well, y- yeah, there's that. But I also heard something about using a private army or something. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably developed a new one secretly. Do we? No, Blackwater too. Yeah. Ah, uh, so. In any case, yeah, that's what I have for follow-up. I wanted to mention this as well, though. John Oliver, I don't know if he listens to our show, but he did a segment <laughs> on crisis pregnancy centers. Hi, John. That- <laughs> I almost <laughs> fell out of my seat when I saw it. <laughs> and this wasn't like a blip. This was like a whole segment. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This was the main segment of the, of the show well, this week. He opened his own yeah. crisis pregnancy center. So, <laughs> Of course he did. Well, but he but, also uh, uh, he also took on I mean, he made the same kind of points that we did. Obviously, he did it in a very concise, you know, very, very well done. I, I recommend you take a look at it. Uh, it'll be on the link on the webpage if you haven't already seen it. Um, but he, I, I hear he interviewed this the person that you met, Jared. <laughs> no, no, he didn't interview her. He just showed a clip of. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I met I met the one of the newscasters from WBRE in Scranton at the Rod of Ministry fundraiser dinner or whatever the fuck that thing was, and he played a clip of her. It was a, not a good clip. It was the one where they were showing the newscasters talking about the alternative pregnancy things. Oh okay. yeah, near a college campus, they've opened up a crisis pregnancy center. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, and he's like, no, you know, and I was like, oh man, that's the girl I met. Shit, <laughs> I I missed who who it was in its in the show. Okay, gotcha. But in any case, like I said, I found it amusing that uh, we talked about it and covered a lot of these points. But uh, he did a really good job 
of course, because he's John Oliver. Sure. So are are we three for three now? Roy Moore, Sacone, <laughs> and these uh, Christ and C. Pregnant. Like we're hitting these things way before well, anybody before. else is talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Very we're much on so. The cutting edge. I, I'm telling you, we really are. Are <laughs> in a in a really unprecedented event. Like I feel like my thumb is on the pulse of America. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit, a little bit high. <laughs> and in all honesty, it's Ray and Karen because Ian and I don't add any stories to the show. <laughs> no. <They> do. <laughs> well, again, not not as far as cutting edge topics, but I mean, thanks to. Oh no! Wait a minute! I the, brought the f- I brought up Sinclair Broadcasting ah, before see? anybody was talking about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So Ian, get on the ball. Jeez. <laughs> I will. All this I guy will. wants I, to do I is got, play card games. I got big. <laughs> I got big shoes to fill. You guys are setting the bar too high. I know. Look what I do. All <laughs> when you bring me on this show. <laughs> what are we? Forty minutes in, and we haven't gone to topic one. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> While that's true, I think the uh, the state news stuff probably isn't going to get a lot of traction. So let me hit them real quick here. All right. <laughs> uh, so over in New Jersey, this was uh, I, this is a fantastic a new bill uh, to limit religious vaccine exemptions. So there's still religious vaccine exemptions going on, and mm-hmm. they reported uh, the State Department of Health reported that ten thousand four hundred children had religious vaccination exemptions in the uh, 16 to 17 school year. In New Jersey? In New Jersey, 10,000 oh, children. Wow. Who is not allowing vaccines? Is this a run-of-the-mill Christian thing? Is this some sort of fringe call? So that's kind of what it's cracking down on, because basically anybody could go in and say, no, I'm not doing this because of my religion, and just tell the school that, or send a letter, and then the kid doesn't have to... Because you know, normally, I think you have to provide a vaccination record Before when you enter school. school. Yeah. Absolutely. Very much so. So, apparently, they were just providing a note that said, my parents say no because of religion. Uh, but but yeah, now... But what religion doesn't allow vaccinations? I don't know that any of them... Well... I think it was Amish? just a handy excuse. <laughs> oh, these people are just using this sort of loophole as an excuse... Because they're caught up in this phony anti-vaxxing exactly. Scenario. So, oh, that's the crazy. new bill would require the, the the parents to provide a notarized written statement, explanation of how vaccination would violate their religious practices or tenets, and information uh, that indicates religious practice is consistently held by the person. So they don't go to the doctor either. Right. So you're what is it? The Christian sect that doesn't do doctors doesn't take blood. That. Uh, that was the wasn't that no I'm thinking of Jehovah's Witnesses, Jehovah's Witnesses. that don't do the yeah they don't do the blood blood yeah. transfusions yeah. they don't do transfusions oh that's right. it just just blood related stuff you can yeah do- they can take shots right okay. <laughs> yeah they can do all sorts of things right. they can do uh, oh yeah how do those uh, those stuff, faith right. healers deal with uh, vaccinations I think that they're part going to be part of the problem sure yeah but another- well, we know they're actively trying to kill their kids so that would that would certainly help yeah by not vaccinating them it would. Um, I don't think they're actively trying to kill the kids. Are you sure? But I know. <laughs> I'm not like sure. I, no, I, I mean, God, God will, then they'll be with God, so that's not a bad thing. I'm comfortable making that statement, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, the other, another piece of the bill says they would have to provide documentation uh, that would include a statement that the parent or guardian understands the risks and benefits of vaccination to the student and to the public health. So 
they're they're basically saying, look, you want a religious exemption? You're going to have to prove that you're religious, prove your religion has something against vaccinations. Like it still exists, but you're going to have to jump through some hoops first, and it's probably going to limit the number of kids. I mean, ten thousand. Right, they come in with a handwritten yeah. note. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it'll it'll prevent the just the laziness factor of not taking yeah. your kids to the doctor. Yeah. Ugh. I know. I know. We're trying to zip through these stories, but. Do you not get the feeling that, like, and I, I know this is an obvious statement that this country is just slipping backwards and backwards into stupid oh, idiocracy? Yeah. yeah, like, like there needs to be a new level added to civilization, the game where like you keep progressing forward and forward, and then you hit like the age of stupid, and everything goes back again, <laughs> like a hundred years, and you have to go again. Like they call it like the age of social media or something. <laughs> Take comfort in that we've done this cycle before. The dark ages existed. This has happened before, <laughs> and we'll come back out of it. Well, we as okay. a society will come back out of it. We're personally not going to see it. So, so three steps forward, two steps back, that kind of thing. I prefer to think of it five steps forward, one step back, then we keep going again because I think nowadays there's so much more availability of information. We'll bounce back faster. I'm hoping it won't last long. Yeah, we can hope. Okay. In the meantime, I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, in the meantime, over in Idaho, a uh, uh, the lieutenant governor on Tuesday um, oh, was yeah, it this, this Tuesday? Guy. Last Tuesday? Mm. On last Tuesday, he suggested uh, that we should punish women instead of just punishing the doctors who perform abortions. We should punish the women who are attempting to get the abortions, uh, even up to and including the death penalty. <laughs> So, the, so, so, wait. Like, if you do like one abortion, you get like a year in jail. But if you do two or more, you, you get death penalty. <laughs> Obviously, it doesn't go into that amount of detail. This is this. Well, he got this talking point from Donald Trump. <laughs> remember when he said this? Oh, he walked it back quick. But yeah, he did say that. I don't remember him Pun walking it back no, at all. He didn't really. Say, he, he did. He didn't say death penalty. He said punish the women. Right. Yeah. He he did say you had to punish the women. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why this is such a third rail for the anti-choice movement. Because if if you think that abortion is bad, why are you not advocating for punishing the women? Not that but I'm arguing kill... this case, but if, if you I think – I, I don't know. I don't know why – I mean, again, if you're that much, yeah, anti-choice, why, why wouldn't it be part of it? Right. And they're so anti-killing that they'll kill you <laughs> for doing <laughs> – but I don't understand, though. I mean, if you think it's wrong, why does the woman not get punished? Oh, so you can keep her around to have more babies? Yeah, the whole thing is just bizarre. And it's all about controlling women's sexuality, ultimately, I think, for a lot of them. Well, we learned that on John Oliver. Yeah. Because it's also- <laughs> We never delved into that part about where they're like, oh, yeah, and then cut them off once they have the baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not running a fucking charity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, and <clears throat> I mean, even more, obviously, infants can't vote. Doctors are minority. Women are 50% of your constituency. Mm. You can't punish them. Sure. That makes sense. However, Abolish Abortion Idaho, a mm. group in Idaho, has tried to uh, get on the ballot this year to charge both the prov abortion provider and the woman with first-degree murder. Wow. <laughs> Again, I say let him do it. Let him do it. <laughs> let the crime run rampant. Let the whole state fall into fucking disarray. <laughs> Anybody you're, you're really pro-purge, aren't you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? If you want to hit your face with a fucking hammer, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> All right? I've told you a thousand times it's going to be painful and probably damage you, but you insist on doing it. If anybody from Idaho needs a place to move, I'm a real estate agent in Pennsylvania, <laughs> and you can stay in my house till we find you a place. That is 
fucking ridiculous. Let them let the whole fucking state burn with that other state that we talked about last week. <laughs> Kentucky, Kansas, whatever the fuck it was. Tennessee, I think. Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Marry all the kids you want down there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to move up to New York. This one's weird and is starting to get some news. New York Times has two articles. Uh, the, the second article is a story from a Jewish kid who went to a yeshiva. I believe that's how you pronounce that. Yeshiva. Yeshiva. Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you. Ask the Jew. <laughs> so uh it's told by uh from the perspective of this guy who went through this jewish school uh yesh- yeshiva is that yeshiva. What yeshiva. yeshiva yeshiva i can't remember which way it was <laughs> yeshiva anyway <laughs> this has come up in the news in a couple new york times articles because apparently felder um who was part of the state lawmakers in charge of of approving the budget was holding this up and $168 billion budget for New York State. It was being held up because this guy wanted, he represents uh, a lot of Orthodox Jews, and he said that he wanted an exemption put in place so that the yeshivas could not have to meet the education requirements of New York State. Oh, sure. So, yeah. What? They do they do a lot of of religious teaching in this in the schools and the school actually has an extended day so they keep the kids in school longer every day and apparently there are no requirements for mathematics history science or English and there was another one but English uh, was the other one English yes there's no this guy he talks about how the the Jewish kids graduating, they're getting ready to graduate, and they're trying to practice signing their name in English so that they can get a job. That's awesome. Wow. Like, they have no understanding of the English language because they've been taught Yiddish their entire life. What? How? how wow. What do, what do they think they're doing for these kids? What are they supposed to do for a living? How are they supposed to support themselves? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. The way that it's described is amazingly horrendous. The guy says that he didn't even know what the word molecule was. That's how in-depth their science was. Like, they, they didn't cover science hardly at all. Wow. Just the very basics. Most of it is religious studies. Religious education. Huh. Yeah. So, again, Senator Felder is trying to – well, he held up the budget. It caused a big uproar. Not a, I mean, not a huge uproar, but people noticed. And I think the, the great thing about this is there's a bit of a backlash. People mm-hmm. are now coming and going, wait, what, what are the Orthodox Jews doing? <laughs> why, why is this good? How is this affecting society, their society specifically? Sure. What are you, what are you doing to, to damage these poor kids? Yeah. And holding them back and not letting them become part of the, you know, civilized society. Holy crap. So I had no idea. I knew that there was, you know, that there were Jewish communities and they were very tight knit and everything like that. But I had no idea that the the education problems were as bad as, as they are. This may sound like a dumb question, but what do Hasidic Jews do for a living? Family businesses, I guess. I've never seen one like working like the counter, like (laughs) McDonald's or anything. Yeah, I know. I got. I, I don't have anything factual, so I'm going to try to not contribute anything snarky. <laughs> the only thing I know is for movies, so yeah. it's family businesses. What was the movie? I don't remember. There was a movie, uh, probably several different movies, about Hasidic Jews uh, being in the jewelry business, being able to, to cut <laughs> stones and, and all of that. I mean, so they're taught by their, their parents, their, their fathers. They're taught by, you know, whatever. They're taught a trade, and that's what you're expected to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it's been a long time since I lived in the – 
in the New York area. But even then, I don't remember like walking into Hasidic Jew run businesses. Well, they're, they're very tightly knit and they're in specific geographic areas. They live together. So unless you went to them, you're probably not going to run into uh, them. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm yeah. sure just like there's a Chinatown in New York, there's somewhere there's a, the Hasidic Jew section of New York with a red string tied around it. You know? Right. Yeah. I was going to say they have to stay underneath that metal yeah, loop right. <laughs> that I can't remember the name of, but yes, <laughs> uh, that allows them to go out on Sundays. Right. Right. So – yeah, I mean it's an entire society. They have so there are teachers and there are bakers and there are you know everything that the society needs outside of a couple things that the that the city provides. They provide themselves as a part of their community. So they don't need science and math and English and history because they just go back into the society and continue on the family tradition, whatever it happens to be. I imagine it's similar similar to the thinking that the Amish have. Yeah, just in a big city, which is yeah. kind of odd. And Scientologists. <laughs> And Scientologists. <laughs> oh, no, that's way worse. <laughs> <laughs> My initial response was going to be the same as Idaho. Let them burn. Let them do it. But then I was like, eh, it's kids, though. It's kids. You know. Yeah, you're hurting your kids. They don't have a choice. Right. Eruv, uh, by the way, E-R-U-V, the Eruv, if you want to look that up. We had a show on it earlier, so I'm not going to get into it. Finally, uh, state news over in Hawaii, medically assisted suicide is now legal. Yeah. Right the on. The governor has signed it. Uh, it is now legal. The patient must make two oral requests for life-ending medication within a 20-day period, and it has to, there has to be a, a signed written request witnessed by two people, uh, one of whom can't be a relative. So mm -hmm. these are basically steps to make sure that someone isn't being suicided legally uh, <laughs> without their own by the, consent. By their bastard children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, all right, yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. How cool is it in Hawaii when the governor signs a bill, people are wearing lays, yep. he's wearing a lay? <laughs> <laughs> but I also find it interesting that the makeup of the people, there's white dude and and white woman and some obviously Hawaiian or Asian background people. And it's a nice representation of what America should be like. <laughs> Although I heard they, they're not very fond of white people in Hawaii. <laughs> They're not fond of people that move in from the mainland because yeah. it increases the price of their housing and it's already super expensive. So I get that they don't want more people living there. It's, it's not that big. Yeah. A lot of white people are assholes, so. That too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really blame them too far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing that I have in international news, there is a humanist being appointed to the National Health Society. I don't remember. This is the the UK, so I don't rem I don't know what this organization is, but it's a uh, government organization for health, and there is a group of uh, there's a team of three Christian chaplains, a team of twenty four volunteers that include a Catholic nun, a Buddhist, a Baha'i, but the leader is now a humanist. It is the <laughs> first time that a humanist is in charge of uh, the governmental health group. So, uh, and apparently there are like three humanists in the group as well. So they're actually in a place of leadership in the United Kingdom. In a spe specifically in the chaplaincy team. Yes. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> it is a group nice. of chaplains who, uh, yeah, tend to the psychological needs of patients. Sure. Nice. So good on you. Yeah. I'm not used to good news. <laughs> Don't well, have anything to say about good news. It's, it's not in the U.S., so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> so I mentioned the, the Bible study again, the Bible study that happens for the uh, Trump's cabinet. And 
I mentioned this specifically because it involves Pruitt, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Pruitt, who is the, 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 what's his title? The secretary of the EPA. EPA. Yeah. Ralph Drollinger, Drollinger, Drollinger probably, leads the Bible study on Wednesdays. And he has recently put out a, a memo to the group talking, uh, warning about America being in the process of shifting from Christianity to the false religion of radical environmentalism. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so this, this guy is a preacher. He argues that uh, to think that man can alter Earth's ecosystem when God remains omniscient is to more than subtly espouse a ultra-hubristic secular worldview relative to the supremacy and importance of man. So he's saying that, you know, man can't alter Earth because God is God. So you be you, Scott Pruitt, and destroy the EPA. <laughs> I call horseshit. This guy's receiving some kind of payment from some kind of oil company. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The FBI, I, the FBI needs to raid his office. I wouldn't doubt that for a second. <laughs> God, that is such horseshit. How could you believe that? And I'm talking about the people who are like, yep, he's right. How? Why are we to question God? We can't, you know, change the thing that God created. Wow. God, you fucking morons. Read a book. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> Well, it kind of ties into the story that I linked. I know it's one further down, but there's a they did a study of people that believe that the Earth is flat to try to figure out why they could possibly think that. Yeah, and, in this day and age, I don't even I can't comprehend how you can believe that. Right? How does that make a comeback? <laughs> well, right. The, the, the in the age of stupid. Right. The one do-it-yourself rocket scientist, Mike Hughes, launched a homemade rocket. Um, to prove that the Earth was flat, and of course, I think it blew up. Whatever, but um, the YouGov did a survey, and they think they figured out why. And they found out about two percent of the Americans believe that the Earth is flat, and fifty-two uh, percent of them. No, it can't be that high. Yeah, two percent. I believe it. I believe it's two percent. That's outrageous. It is, and fifty-two uh, percent of those people that said the Earth was flat proclaim self-proclaimed themselves as very religious. Surprise, surprise. And then the other mm-hmm. you know, the other 48% said religious. And they are- We're just flat out fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, they, they attributed it to the same reason why Galileo had so much trouble when he said that the the sun did not re- revolve around the earth, but that the, the earth revolved around the sun. It's the whole notion that the world was created and the universe was created for us. And so that we are the center of the universe and that um, it only exists- for us, the the fact that the Earth is round and that it you know it goes around the sun challenges that assumption that everything was created for us and we're in the middle. Talk about hubris. Yeah. The the <laughs> I, I'm I'm confounded because we we had the story about how to to think that we can affect the Earth that's pure hubris. Right. However, the Earth was made for us and uh, the entire universe was made for our pleasure and. Right. Uh, do they believe that other planets exist? Eh, I, I don't think that was. I mean, totally I, I think I've, I've 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 gone to the Flat Earth Society website before, and I know there's something about they said like the sun is only actually like 50 miles away, right? And a lot smaller than they say, and the moon too. But if it's a whole thing about it's all designed for us, are all planets flat, or do these other planets just don't exist? I don't think they exist. I think, you know, it is all just here for us. And that's the same reason why you can't destroy it. Because obviously, if God created it for us, we're only doing what God created us to do. So we, we shouldn't stop doing what we do. That's just silly. 
None of this makes any sense. <laughs> no, it what? really doesn't. Why do we if, – if God created us, why do we sleep? Why would God put that into our makeup? I don't know. I'm well, sure there's something about there's a light and a dark and mm. – well, Why is there dark at all? He works in mysterious ways. <laughs> why aren't there two suns, one on either side of the planet? Mysterious ways. Yeah, that's the go-to. <laughs> that, that's always the answer. Because I am, I, I do find this all very almost confusing. I, I and to Ray's point about the hubris, mm-hmm. I, I just don't. How do he? How do you not see the? How do you not see that? How can you not be on that side and not see that? To to suggest that. <laughs> Fixing the environment is an act of pure hubris, while suggesting that a being of infinite power and infinite wisdom has created all things for all time. We've got a lot in common with him. He speaks to us all the time. We're on his level. Yeah. What the f- Ugh! So, flat earthers must not believe in gravity either, right? No, I don't think so. No. Well, science in general, they just- don't believe in, so. I'm just trying to figure out how all that water- st- well, I know there's the circle of- uh- Ice mountains around the planet that keep all the water I- intact. Right, and the firmament. And then it's it, the plan- you know, actually, what the planets are in the firmament. So, right, yeah. and if you get too close to the wall, the Coast Guard will turn you around so you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, according to them. Wow, I don't, Amazing. I don't know how you can. I mean, we, we've all gone and you know stared at the night sky when in a very dark place and looked at the stars. If you stand long enough, you can see how they move. I mean. The, our ancient ancestors plotted their movement and figured out stuff. How can we live in a time when we can actually measure these things and Doppler effect and, and you know, changing of the colors? How can you not see? More importantly, why lie about it? <laughs> if, there's, if it really is flat, why lie and say it's a globe? Yeah, I don't know. What is the advantage to that? It's because a devil it, tricking you. It's like uh, it's like the, the fossils. Is there something planted. in the Bible about it being flat? Um, I don't believe specifically, but the way it is mentioned is that there's the the earth is where we live, the shoal is below, and the firmament is above, so mm. kind of, sort of, in a vague kind of way. Hmm. There's nothing about it being spherical, I can tell you that. Sure. Omniscient God got it wrong, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to uh, to move on to Trump. Mm-hmm. And th- there's the whole Stormy da- Daniels thing that has exploded. But before we get to that, leading into it, there is a, a bunch of evangelicals who have met in the White House with Trump previously are now scheduling another meeting. They're getting worried. Yeah. Uh, there's an ar- Oh, really? I thought he got a mulligan. Well, by some people. Or mulligans. Yeah, <laughs> multiple. So according to NPR, there are four different sources that NPR has that says that there is a planned meeting with different evangelical leaders, June 19th at Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. He is scheduled, apparently Trump has scheduled this meeting, and it's weird that he picked Trump International Hotel, not a Mm. governmental facility. He picked Mm. one of his owned, his company's owned places so that the government can pay him rent to have this meeting. Mm. Oh my God, he just tries to... Suck everything dry, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So it says that a lot of the uh, the, the Christian leaders are concerned. They're not necessarily concerned about his soul. They're they're really saying that they're concerned about uh, the election in November. They're concerned that the progress that they've made is going to be undone. Praise Jesus, if it is. <laughs> <laughs> or or don't. Or don't. Yeah. Huh? So they're getting together a chance to reconvene and encourage enthusiasm 
To for, what end? I mean, uh, it's so obvious that they, they hitched themselves to the wrong, such a wrong horse. I don't know why they don't cut and run, because Pence is so much better for them. Yeah. Because then God was wrong. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I think they, I don't think that that helps them in November. I don't think anything's going to help them in November. No. But I'm just trying to, to think from their perspective. And this is all because of Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal and all the other yeah. things that are cropping up. Yeah, so those are the Bill main Maher reasons. Did, Bill Maher did a hilarious joke this week where he, you, did, by the way, we all talked, did we talk about him on the balcony with the with the rabbit? Oh, Trump. And how he was talking to the kids yes. on the Easter roll yeah. about, yeah. yeah. Last week. So he shows that picture and he goes, I think this is the first time Trump's ever been near a bunny. Didn't try to stick his dick in it and make it sign an NDA. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, this is all about Stormy Daniels. This is all about his infidelity, his complete lack of Christian leadership because he's in no way a Christian. Mm. But, yeah, they're, uh, I don't know if they're trying to get behind him and rally more. That's what it seems like they're saying, but I don't know. We'll We'll see. Or are they getting together and being like, look, dude, is there more shit coming out? Because we need to know how to react to this. <laughs> and, of course, the answer to that, as of yesterday, is yes, there is more yeah. shit yeah. coming out. Because we don't really care about God. We don't care about you. We care about money. Yeah. <laughs> and your cost, you're going to cost us money. I like this quote. Let's reconvene, the source said, and let's see what we can do to encourage enthusiasm beyond Trump, so to speak. <laughs> what? Uh, uh-huh. Uh, Pence? Yeah. Beyond Trump. Beyond Trump. All right. So there was- It's got to be it. (laughs) I want to- uh, Yeah, it really sounds like it. I want to get on to the stuff that's just been happening with Michael Cohen and Trump. So a the FBI raided Monday morning. They went and raided Cohen's place of work. I don't think it was his was his his apartment or is the place of work in the apartment? I'm not really. I think it was a hotel room. He was staying, okay. in, staying in a hotel room. So in the hotel room and his and his business. Okay. So they raided and they pulled off. It was anything related to the Stormy Daniels stuff, and it was also I'm blanking. Karen McDougal as well. Sure, sure. But there was also, was it about the Ukraine stuff? The Ukraine? I don't know. I thought it was only about the hush money payment. I think that's all that's come out. I think there's probably more that we just haven't heard about. I thought for sure there were two things on the uh, arrest warrant, or not arrest warrant, but the uh, search warrant. warrant. But in any case, I can't think of it. So that happened, and they got this information, and I wanted to mention a few things in Trump's response. Hmm. Uh, He said, it's a total witch hunt. Been saying it for a long time. I've wanted to keep it down. I've given over a million pages in documents to the special counsel. They continued to go forward, and here we are talking about Syria. We're talking about serious things. Actually, it's it's much more than 12 months that they've been going on for this. You could say right after I won the nomination, it started. It's the most biased group of people. These people have the biggest conflicts of interest, Democrats or a couple Republicans who work for President Obama. They're not looking at the other side, Hillary Clinton. They're only looking at us. So you sure when he was talking about conflicts of interest, he wasn't like, you know, because they're Americans yeah. and they're looking out for America. It's a total conflict of interest with me. <laughs> <laughs> this this is not an, an investigate. This is not an investigation that is currently being carried out by Mueller or his team. No, he tipped them off, right? Right. right? He told the attorney general, New York attorney general, who recused, who was who was appointed by Trump and who recused himself because he was appointed by Trump. So his deputy, I guess, or somebody, they're trying to figure that out. Yeah, the chain the chain of events is quite yeah. long. Yeah. It went from Mueller saying, here's the information to uh, 
Rosenstein. Mm-hmm. It then went from and and it was it was basically here's information, here's evidence, and it was up to Rosenstein whether or not it went back to Mueller's people or moved over to somebody else, and he gave it to somebody else. He right. gave it to the like you mentioned, a Trump appointee. Mm-hmm. That person then took that information and acted on it and went to a judge. And since this is Trump's attorney, there's attorney-client privilege. Right. It's so, just any attorney. It's just not right. just Trump's attorney. But it, it, when any attorney is involved in something like this, these, there are additional steps. Right. And one of those is that it has to go in front of a specific board, a board of, of attorneys, people who have been doing this for decades. And they have to say, okay, here's what you can, because of your evidence, here's what you can pull and nothing else. So, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they had to, everybody had to look at this evidence. And this, this had to be signed off on by a lot of people. Right. Before it could happen. Well, I also read that once evidence of a crime is found, attorney-client privilege is out the window for that specific thing. For that thing, yes. Yeah. Once the attorney is actually culpable in the crime, then yeah, attorney-client privilege is out the window because they're they're a co-conspirator in the crime. Which is – I mean, I think it's obvious at this point that that is the case here. Yeah. (laughs) Like otherwise there would be attorney-client privilege. At the, mo- at the most simple, most basic thing, Cohen could not sign something on behalf of his client that his client didn't know about. And Trump said on his airplane a couple of days ago, I didn't know about this. So Cohen, right, he just he just hung him out to dry. Well, and Cohen had said that, though. Uh, Cohen- No, he didn't say that Trump didn't know about it. He said he paid for it out of his own pocket. And Trump didn't- He said Trump didn't know about the money. Okay, he also sure. said he didn't know about the, the NDA. Did Cohen say that? I thought Cohen had said that. Maybe. Okay. That Trump didn't know about the NDA. Well, if that's the case, then that really makes the NDA... Non-minding. Worthless. Yeah. 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 See, that's what you get when you have a fucking mob boss as your lawyer. Or a mob lawyer as your lawyer. So that's not not a great fixer, I would have to say, because they kept calling this guy his fixer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he didn't really fix it. He just kind of hid it temporarily. I, you have to assume at one point when Rosenstein was about to sign this thing, like, there had to have been, like, five or six people standing around him. <laughs> and he was probably like, you know, once I sign this, this shit is going to hit the fan, yeah. you know. But I'm hoping, and Mueller seems like a very smart guy, that they wouldn't do this unless they were like, we're fine. You know, 100% if he tries duck. to fire us, we, we got a plan or we, we, you know, we're insulated somehow. Right. Well, I don't understand how he, I mean, Trump is all pissed off at Rosenstein and Mueller, but they're not involved in this anymore. This is not them. This is the New York Attorney General's office. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, sure. he could, I can definitely understand why he's pissed off at Rosenstein. Rosenstein reports to him as far as this stuff is concerned mm. because Sessions recused himself. So he's angry at Sessions for recusing himself. He's angry at Rosenstein for not just taking the information and taking it straight to the White House and dumping it, right. uh, which is illegal. Mm-hmm. And so I can definitely understand him being mad there. He's It doesn't make it sane or logical that his line <laughs> of thinking, but I, I, I don't doubt for a moment that he's seriously considering firing Rosenstein and replacing him with someone who will fire Mueller. Scott Pruitt. Yeah, yeah, Pruitt. there you go. <laughs> totally. Because again, Man. loyalty. It's, it's more about looks. loyalty to him than anything else. Yeah. But it only goes one way, is though. He, if, yeah. Is this guy going to go down? Who? Trump. Yes. He better. Like this, <laughs> not only <laughs> does he need to go down, it can't be much longer. They're going after his personal attorney. I, like, I don't, I don't see this 
lasting a whole lot longer. I don't know. No. I, you know, Manafort's first trial is in July. Yeah. And he still hasn't copped to anything yet. And he's looking at, like, what, like a hundred and some odd years right. of jail time? Well, I think he's banking on um, Trump pardoning him. The, yeah. Which, but he's still got to go through the process in order for that to happen. Right. Which means, oh, man. I mean, if he doesn't go down, what the hell is going to happen? Well. Because people, are, I was on CNN, one of the commentators was like, if he fires Mueller, that's it. It's over. Right. He's like, it's over. The, yeah, Nothing's going to happen. The, the Senate has already said no. You, you don't do that. I forget who it was. One of the Republicans senators said, "No, don't do that. That that is a line too far." So, well, Lindsey Graham actually, said that. I'm not sure that means that much, but no, it wasn't Lindsey Graham. It was somebody. Well, Lindsey Graham did say consistent. that. I'm sure there are others. Yes. Yeah. Whether they actually do it, eh, we'll see. I think they know that if they let that go, that none of them are getting back in office at the end of this year. They have to know that. I think they'd want to deal with Pence too, for God's sake. Yeah. Somebody sane and consistent from their point of view. (laughs) I think the most, probably the most likely thing is he will retire back to New York City. He'll resign. Right. But, well, when I say go down, I mean, like, be out. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think think it's four more years. Yeah. (laughs) Always the optimist. Yeah. No, I'm not thinking that Pence is going to be any better because I don't. Well, at least he's stable. Yes. And he will listen to others. Mm. Um, at this point, the, he? he might fill all <laughs> if positions. By others, you mean Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Then yes. True. Uh, and and Jesus and, and Bolton. So I'm not really <laughs> sure it makes oh. it a whole that lot was, more stable. But Yeah, so Bolton started yesterday. And he asked the Homeland Security Advisor to quit. Who quit today? Um, boss something. So there's another cabinet member out already on um, Bolton's second day in office. He asked him, or do you? I think he asked like, for his resignation. Again, this is a this is a non this is a position you don't need Senate approval for, right? Somehow, yeah. But he's got the power to fire the Homeland Security Director. I think he asked for his resignation. Mm. I guess he's his boss. Washington's so weird. Yes, it is. <laughs> Walmart's got a stricter rules and regulations policy for some positions. The inconsistency in the positions is the thing that's I don't understand. Thomas Bossert, by the way. Bossert, that's his name. Yeah. That was Boss something. <laughs> who was replaced by John F. Kelly, and I don't have any idea who that is. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, Bolton is a terrifying individual. Yeah. Yeah. He's right up there with Flynn, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. <sighs> All right. Get to digging, Muller. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to come of this. Keep dotting the I's and crossing the T's. There's been a consistent every couple of weeks, little bits of stuff has been happening. So the the ball is starting to roll, I think. And going after Cohen, that's got to make, obviously it made Trump very unhappy. I'm just kind of, I'm really curious if Pence is going to be involved. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, that would be better. I mean, Paul Ryan, eh, I'm not a huge fan, but I can live with that. (laughs) Well, he still hasn't announced his re-election yet. Yeah. He may not run. Yeah. Yeah, I hope Iron Stash beats him. <laughs> he may not run. He may not win even if he does run. Right. All right. That is all that I have except for the local thing. Uh, does anybody else have anything? Not me. Nay. Okie doke. <laughs> so uh, for uh. the local thing, I wanted to, to mention this. Oh, and I closed the window. I don't have it up in front of me. But <laughs> here locally at uh, the campus, at the Penn State campus, there's going to be a ex-Muslim event. Uh, the Amer- or the uh, the Penn State 
Atheist and Agnostic Association is hosting an ex-Muslim event. Ex-Muslims will be there and we'll be talking about, well, all sorts of things, I'm sure. <laughs> what they've yeah. gone through, uh, the type of, of uh, backlash they've received. Um, about, do you have any other yes. information? Yeah, they're talking about um, cultural identity becomes inseparable from religious faith. So kind of the same thing that I think our poor Jared here struggles with, his cultural identity and his not religious faith. <laughs> um, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what? And about how do you, to what extent is Muslim a cultural identity? Um, it's a panel of ex-Muslim atheists discussing the difficulties in understanding the faith and its challenges through the lens of identity. And it is April 19th at Hostler at 7 p.m. So thought that would be interesting. Uh, we're not going to be able to be there, but no. uh, if anybody's local and they're interested, there you go. All right. All right. I think that's all we have for this week. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can support it by sharing it on any of the social media that you have or leave a review on wherever you happen to listen. If you want to contact us, you can on the Facebook page, Profane Arg, or tweet us at Profane Arg, or send an email to godless at profaneargument.com. Uh, real quick, check out other shows on the soon to be named network. Uh, soon to be named network.com has a list of all the shows, various types of uh, podcasts and shows for you to listen to and a couple to watch. I think uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you. Good night. And may our God go with you. Tired of pretending, pushing I was in.